Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We're live here. Uh, a little different today. We got Gun Dog on the mic on the other side. What's up, Gunny? Hey, what's going on, Abe? It's a pleasure to be here. I know you have a ton of fans, and uh, I'm excited to bring the next episode to your thousands and thousands of listeners. I don't know if we're at thousands yet, but I appreciate it. Uh, Big Mike uh, was a little bit sick. His whole family's sick, so hopefully he recovers quickly. I'm sure he'll be listening to this and uh, have some pretty big uh, criticism coming out, but we'll roll with it. Um, as you guys probably know, Mike is the golf guy, even though I work in the golf industry. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown on what the golf looks like. Um, if anybody watched anything this weekend, um, we had a back-to-back champ, Victor Hovland. I don't know if you've ever seen him gun. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he played golf at OSU. Wow, that's impressive. Is that a real thing? I don't even know if that's it's a real stat. thing. It's a real thing. I, I will say, before we get too far into this... Uh, oh, yeah, let's give know, a little background, Gun. Give a little background well, on who you are. Well, let, before we even do that, because this is a great example, uh, you <laughs> get away with a lot of stuff on this podcast uh, where wow. Mike just doesn't call you out on anything. Okay. Uh, I don't think you do a lot of fact-checking. I'm not sure you do a lot of research. One day when we were talking World Cup, you guys were... Basically saying you're experts in gross national product of entire economies of the Middle East. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Mike, Mike just says, yeah, and you continue on with the conversation. Okay, so that's... Uh, uh, that, that's not going to happen tonight. Okay. We're not going to let you get away with that. That's fine. I love to, I love to see it. You know, in all fairness, um, I, I had some facts. I, I line up some, most of my facts based off documentaries on Netflix, Amazon, Instagram's pretty reliable source there. Um, but all right. That's well, okay. Well, We'll roll with the punches tonight. We'll fact check. I know you have your uh, laptop out, so um. I do. I think Mike should do that more often because you know, just one prime example when he's talking Tiger Woods being in Tulsa. Uh, you happen to say that was the biggest thing to happen in Oklahoma since Durant, Westbrook, and KD. This one you're and still not letting go, huh? Mike just uh, says, "Yeah, I agree," and we move on. We're we're just gonna forget James Harden. The third guy in. <laughs> in all fairness, it is tough to listen to the other person talk and pull up stats at the same time because <laughs> you go you go into autopilot mode. So um, I'm gonna give the shout out to my to, to Mike on this one. Um, but yeah, uh, give us a little rundown, Gun. Who you are, how you know us. We'll keep it simple, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So uh, Gunner Joyce. Uh, met Avery and Michael both in college uh, when we were playing college baseball together. Avery and I were roommates uh, basically most of junior year uh, when you just kind of ditched your other roommate and moved in with Jeff and I. And then uh, formal roommates all of senior year. And uh, from there, I guess, uh, you know, I've stayed pretty close. And since this is a golf podcast, I think it's relevant to say that what we, we golf together, what would you say, Two two to five times a year, probably. Um, like currently? Or are you talking about just in general? Nah, I mean, in general. We usually play golf at least twice a year. Yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think your golf game has definitely improved from the last time I think I've seen you based off your practice, for sure. I think you've gotten better. Yeah, I have because... Uh, you know, I, I have accepted who I am on the course, and I, <laughs> key. Yeah. I am the uh, let's have fun guy. Okay. So, you know, once you accept the role, once you are the guy that knows I'm bringing the cigars, I'm going to have beer on ice, uh, pressure's off, and then when the pressure's off, 
the swing actually loosens up a little bit. So I agree with you. I used to go try and score a lot and uh, wasn't breaking 100. You know, it was 102, it was 103, uh, it was 115 for, at times, you know. And we start smoking cigars, we start drinking a little beer. All of a sudden, hey, where it's 92, it's 94. Shoot a little 89 every now and then, mess around. So, yeah, the game improved. Yeah, I think this was an early topic between me and Mike. There are different types of golfers. There are golfers you go out and you try to score well and play against each other and, and bet because, you know, and give them strokes or whatever the case may be. Then there is your type of golfer, which is like, I would say, not the true, like, I'm going to get hammered on the course. It's like, I'm just here to enjoy myself. I can hit the ball down, down the fairway somewhere, find it, That's hit it. the next shot. Don't really care how many shots it takes me. Then there's another tier where it's I'm there to get absolutely shit-faced. And <laughs> if I make it through 18, I make it through 18. Um, and if I don't, I don't. But in all fairness, I don't think there's anybody in our group um, that gets to that point. Uh, I would say everybody's either – when we all get together, it's usually the type of golf you just described. Um, I think last time we had that with Murph, John, Brandon. Um, who else is there? Um, you, me – was Jeff there? Wins? Yeah, he was. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Wins was there. Um, cool. So we'll jump into the first thing. I know you, you, you know who Victor Hovland is, clearly. One yeah, again, the yeah. Hero Challenge. I think the biggest thing out of that weekend was, um, did you hear about Tiger Woods? Uh, no. Nope. What right. happened? Since you're going to stat check me, because I can already see you pulling I'm, up I'm uh, here. questions. Um, Tiger Woods pulled out early because um, he couldn't walk all 18. And then we kind of touched on this last time, but um, I want to get your thoughts on that. Should he have just ridden in the car and played the course, or is he too prideful? And is he kind of being selfish and not actually playing, or, or should he have just kind of not played at all? No, I'm... <laughs> You know, I think my stance on this is uh, if you're not walking the course, you know, you're at an advantage. It's not drastic, but, you know, it, it's an advantage to not have to walk uh, those extra, you know, whatever, 100 steps a hole. So to me, it's this weird uh, golfer. Golf fans want to see him play for sure. It's better for the game of golf when he's playing. Right, right. Uh, but we're not, we can't pretend that. You know, we're in this realm where he's playing golf, but he's not uh, playing it up to the standards everybody else is playing. He doesn't have to walk. He's Tiger Woods. He can be in a cart. Okay, so here's my. This might change your answer. That tournament wasn't actually a PGA tournament, so there was nothing. It was not a tournament where you can win points for the FedEx Cup, basically. So, really, it's a fun round, quote unquote, a practice round. Does that change your answer? Nope, didn't change my answer. Wow, even with Same the state, answer. even with the state of the PGA where it's at, where they do not have a lot of big name guys, Tiger's probably the biggest guy that's left between him, Rory, um, John Rahm. Um, still no, still no change in the answer there. You know, I think it's time to let uh, probably unpopular opinion, especially on a golf podcast here, but t- Tiger's over the hill, man. You know, <laughs> Tiger might be a big name, but Tiger is not. Uh, you know, if you're holding on to that, that's like saying you're holding on to uh, Tom Brady. You know, it's a, Tom Brady's he's losing. That's a good comparison. He's I like the comparison. It. I've never heard that one. So Tom and 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 Tiger are we'll call them double T's 
are in the same bracket, let's say, as far as career-wise. Sucking out the last they can suck out. For sure. Their, uh, whatever you want to call it, their agreements with the teams or with the, I guess, Tigers, what, Nike, I guess you could say still. Um, are trying to get as much as they can. But if I was Nike at the same time, there should be some sort of caveat where if he can play at this point or be on the course playing, he should play. Because he doesn't have very many years left. Call it what it is. Um, but, yeah, interesting. I never, we've never really talked about that comparison from that standpoint. But I think those guys, I think those might be the only two guys I would compare. I guess you could have thrown Pujols in there. No, you could not. Really? Well, it's not a bad comparison. It's not a good comparison with Brady. Tiger might be in the middle there. You know, you could make the comparison that Tiger's actually closer to Pujols than he is Brady. Because Brady's still performing at a pretty high level. Tiger's not even playing golf, so you're probably closer to Pujols. But Pujols and Brady, I don't think are a good comparison because, you know, Brady's still a starting quarterback. That's fair. Pujols coming off the benches at... DH. I mean, he still plays in the bigs. We both know Did how play. difficult that is. Did Did play. Play. Is he done? Did is he retired yet? I mean, is it official? What's the know. contract status? <laughs> Fact checker. Um, we'll, we'll check that later. We'll get into the baseball stuff later. Uh, okay, moving on to the next topic. We all know the PGA. Sorry, Mike. I'm not a big PGA guy. My focus is on live. What's your stance on this, Scott? I, I want to hear this. Are you a live guy or a PGA guy? Do you know anything about this situation? Is there a live video game yet? Because I think when we get into live video game golf, they've made it. That's a big deal. I think that would happen probably before a TV contract. Based off that there are so many... I feel like it's almost easier to produce a video game than it is to have a U.S. TV contract based on the situation that they're in currently. I feel like a Saudi production company per se for a video game could pick them up and create something fair any i think that's right uh you know you're gonna run into a lot of logistics there because i doubt you have any kind of live golf players association yet i know that's a big deal in the pga golf video game Uh, they've got the player association that's part of the partnership in the game um so taking it back a step, I'm a big live guy. I like it a lot. For a long time at the beginning, I think you and I talked over the phone when it was first happening, I was kind of a conspiracy theorist, and I thought PGA was in on it because yep. this was the most I had heard about PGA golf on Prime, sports radio, sports talk shows, right? probably in my life uh, since Tiger Woods was dominating. Right. Right, people are talking golf again. So to to me, I think if you're a golf fan, if you like watching golf on TV, this is this is your dream because now all of a sudden you've captured national media attention again. I'm not I'm not a guy that watches golf on Saturday. Right, right. I mean that's right. there's so much other going on. I'd rather watch college football, basketball, baseball. Right. Golf's hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Right? You could follow you could, you could watch Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's a, that's a ton of content to try and consume. Right. No, yeah, I think, uh, like you said, we talked about that early. And I think with what Liv has gone through, um, and we've also talked about this too, um, it's a push for the PGA to change. And I think there are some guys that you're tar- starting to see now that 
they're not closed off to trying to make a partnership. It's more of who's leading the live, what's the, what's the intent, what's their business plan, what are they trying to get done? Um, and so you see the Rory and him going after Greg Norman um, and other guys talking about Greg Norman where he should not be the forefront of live. Um, John Rahm has opened up a little bit about that too as well as far as saying like, look, we need to have um, the best golfers in the world playing each other uh, at these top tournaments and everybody competing at the same level from a world-ranking standpoint, but also from, you know, a viewer standpoint of, of getting more people to watch golf. Um, so I think there's there's definitely pros and cons on both sides. I think Liv has pushed the envelope of what can be done as far as a golf tournament and actually being inviting to the regular uh, Joe Schmo who might just golf like you do maybe a handful of times of the year, um, right. but might be a little bit more intrigued to go to a tournament when there is a cart girl driving around giving out beers or vanilla by beers. There's music being played on different holes, right? There's that party environment. There's the tailgate before, before the tournaments. Um, so there's a little bit more enticing in that aspect where a PGA tour event is very classic, very quiet. Um, yes, you can drink, but you know, if at that point where you start to get rowdy, ultimately you probably get thrown out, um, and not be able to watch the rest of the tournament, but you are seeing guys also who are on, both tours kind of breaking that shell and coming to a stable point where it's like, okay, what can we do to get an agreement done? Um, but again, you're in law, so you know there's a lot of logistics um, going on with that. What would you say is the one thing that would have to get done first from a legal standpoint in order for a partnership to work? Well, ultimately, here's a great lawyer answer for you. Uh, it depends. It depends, right? That that's just right. what you say all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's going to be a meeting of the minds, right? So you're going to have to have the leadership of Live to actually want to come to the table in a partnership, right? Right. I, I don't think they're incentivized to do it. You know, I think PGA is sort of scrambling to try and hey, let's make a partnership. Let's let's have everybody back on status quo, if you will, because Live Golf has got to be loving this. You've got defectors coming over every week, right? Uh, new names, you know. Like you said, they're dominating the fan atmosphere, right? Right. right. I I'd be interested in going to the Masters. Yeah. I'd be interested in going to Waste Management. Yep. Yeah. Other than that, you can count me out on PGA. <laughs> right. 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 But live golf. Uh, when we're having like Florida Georgia Line concerts, we're mm-hmm. tailgating, we're having yep. a blast. Yeah, I'm in. That right. that sounds great. The team aspect over there, I think, mm-hmm. is gold. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And then, how do you not, how do you not like the fact that uh, these players are, hey, let's we can play less, right? We can make more, right? So um, I, I think they're, they they start gold mine over there. Yeah. So you talked about the team aspect. This is something that now that you've talked about a conspiracy theory, and me and Mike have talked about the team aspect and how it is basically identical to how the college teams play each other. Mm-hmm. Do you think if this is, if we're going down a conspiracy road, I, I would say there's an argument here that the PGA has purposely let, a, let them test this type of system out to potentially have it in the future. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm coming out of left field here, but if we're talking cons- conspiracy, I can, I, I can align. I could see it. I mean, I, you know, who knows what's going on. It's hard to believe that, uh, the PGA being this this entity that just had a stranglehold on professional golf 
mm-hmm. uh, was able to just get blindsided like this. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I, I feel like they had to know the writing was on the wall. And maybe it's very possible they just didn't take it serious. Right? right? Maybe they thought, hey, you're an XFL, you're an American football league that you're going to play three times on Fox in the offseason right. and nobody's going to watch you again. Right. And they just had the money to back it. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the whole thing, I think, is in the next few months, we'll really see kind of what happens with the PGA being dead right now, Liv being dead, and tournaments going to pick up end of January, really, is kind of what it looks like. Um, it'll be inter- interesting to see how both these companies evolve over the next year um, based off of the new things that PGA has implemented with, like, Tuesday Night Golf, um, with some of the, obviously, you're basically top four top guys that are playing in that. Right. Um, and then with Liv, you know, those guys losing world rankings, not being able to play on some of the bigger championship tournaments on the PGA, what that fight looks like, um, and then how long uh, or how sustainable is the Liv golf from a money perspective, from a viewer perspective, um, and what that looks like. But, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that I think we can both agree that it's pushing the PGA and golf in general to – change and make it more appetizing for everybody and that's why i think at the end of the day i'm nothing but a proponent for the live golf concept right Right. Uh, you guys have done a very good job touching on it in prior podcasts where you just you know you briefly mentioned the money behind it It, let's throw that out let's have a separate conversation about the actual golf right uh, side of live and so i think that uh, the, the the given that everybody has to agree to is that the fact that Liv showed up, it's changed uh, the golf landscape. And we're getting to see d- new types of golf, new conversations, Tuesday night golf. You know, it's going to be nothing but fun for us as consumers. Right. Yeah, I know exactly. I think there's, there's a lot more to come, but um, cool. Well, golf is done. I'm happy about that. We can move into bigger, better things. I don't know if you just want to jump right into the meat and potatoes, but you know what I want to talk about right now. Next, yeah, there were some massive, massive baseball free agent signings. Uh, let's start with the biggest name to come off. It's obvious. Let me just handle it. Justin Verlander's going oh to the Mets. Oh my gosh! You're Two years. That? that unbelievable, unbelievable. Are you happy you pair, or are you disappointed pair, with that? You're going to pair Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander together at the top of rotation. It's huge. It's huge. And Jacob assume- DeGrom, you know, as a Met fan, our hearts are just ripped out by the fact he... Uh, a lot of news is coming out about Jake. A lot of stuff's coming out. Okay, break down some of the news, because I don't know too much of the news on Jake. I know more about Verlander than anything else. Yeah, so a lot of news coming out that Jake uh, wasn't happy with the Mets. Uh, you know, Steve Cohen, uh, objectively, fact check me if you want, richest owner in baseball. So it's, it's objectively known that the Mets are going to be able to outpay if they want to outpay any team. Uh, okay. Jacob deGrom, in constant talk with the Mets, Steve Cohen said, hey, we'd love to have you back. Uh, he gets his five-year deal uh, with the Rangers. And what the beat reporters started putting out on uh, you know social media and Twitter the uh, last 24 hours was that Jake instructed his agents – not to call the Mets. said, don't call them to see if they'll match. I just want to take it. I want to go. I want mm. to go to New York. Uh, very interesting. It was a guy that uh, more reports are coming out that he wasn't happy with the Mets organization. He didn't want to be a part of 
off the field activities uh, is, is very strange, very strange. There's a, a lot of reasons you want to go to Texas over New York. You got no state income tax in Texas. Uh, <laughs> okay. You didn't know that, did you? Uh, no, I did. As so a California gonna, person, we know. You're going to keep more money in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, think about the land you're going to buy in Texas versus the condo you're going to buy in Manhattan. Yeah. Right. Jacob DeGrom's got young kids. He's married. You know, it's, it's, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to think his wife said, Hey, you want to live out here in New York and raise our kids uh, in, a, in a high rise? You want to go have uh, the Dutton Ranch out there in Texas for half the cost? Yeah. No state income tax. We raise our kids out here. It seems like a no brainer. And I'm, I'll play devil's advocate here. I think as a professional athlete, we'll start in the beginning of kind of some things you broke down. Um, I think it comes, it's part of the territory, part of the job. When you talk about off season activities um, with a professional ball club, when you're a star of the team in a high market media um, area. So to me, what that says is he's soft. Straight up. That's what that says to me. Um, I feel like if you enjoy that type of market and you enjoy playing in that, knowing that you're a star and you're the guy, you have all the pressure on his shoulders, call it what it is, right? Him coming back. And um, I think you have to kind of be able to handle that in a big media market. I mean, we've talked about, I think everybody knows that the Yankees boo their own players were not playing well. Maybe he just could not handle that. I don't know. Um, And then, yeah, I think I agree with you as far as, him wanting to raise his kids and in a, an environment that maybe suits him and his family and his lifestyle. Um, I feel like it's just an interesting, an interesting move in his career. To me, it's saying that he doesn't have very much left in the tank. Um, he's not trying to pitch for very much longer. He just kind of gets to kind of enjoy what he does. Um, be the guy, maybe get to the, maybe get deep in the playoffs, maybe not. Um, but content with his career. And if it were to end today or tomorrow, he'd be happy with it. That's kind of where, I, where, where how I'm seeing it. You know, to his credit, if, you know, he, he doesn't pitch another inning, probably a Hall of Famer. You know, okay. it, yeah. he, he's, he's a fringe guy you got to think about now if he, yeah. if he doesn't pitch again. But, uh, you know, multiple Cy Youngs, he was setting records, he's setting franchise records left and right. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a guy, obviously. Now he's in Texas, won't have a championship when when he retires, so that's right. a strike against him. But uh, probably a, a Hall of Famer guy, so it's somebody you don't want to see leave. But at the end of the day, it it really you know once you're able to kind of take a deep breath as a Met fan, you know the the blow hits you and then it's gone. You, you look back and you go, I think that guy just did us a favor, right? Uh, because you were going to have to pay him a ton of money, right? Uh, in the last two years, he only had 36 starts over two years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Injury, injury prone. Justin Verlander had 28 starts last year. You know, he's 40 years old. So, I don't think so we've usually. seen – yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to Justin, but I don't think we've seen him be – getting paid, to me, the value isn't him getting paid and pitching as much as he is right now with the Mets. So, yeah, I agree with I agree with that. Go ahead. We'll, we'll take a timeout. What, what do you need, Gun? And we're back. Sorry, guys. A little technical difficulty. Gun dog didn't set up his iPad correctly. Won't blame him the first time, so hopefully you figure it out. I'm gonna do the edit, so you won't even know. Anyway, I won't. Uh, I won't give away the secret sauce on this, but for the listeners, they have a extremely high tech way that they record this podcast. It's uh, it's extremely impressive. I'm surprised that Avery had to go get his PhD 
uh, and he doesn't put it to good use except on this podcast. Um, in all fairness, this is probably the most budget friendly you can get. So, <laughs> um, we're already, we are under a hundred dollar cap right now. So that's, that's fantastic that's fair. in this that's type fair. of economy. Anyways, I think we are, where are we at? Oh, DeGrom. Okay. So I want to jump into still the Mets. I think the biggest thing with Verlander's comments, I, you, I'm sure you saw those and I'll quote it on that. Mm-hmm. And you can look for it. He said, quote unquote, I wanted to play somewhere without the pressure of October baseball. What does that mean to you? Yeah, there's no pressure in October. None. Okay. No pressure in October baseball. Uh, November, when the World Series is played, okay. you know, when the Mets are playing now, yeah. uh, the next couple of years, next two years, that's when the pressure shows up. So I agree. I couldn't agree more. So the Mets are going to have from no an pressure. Anti Mets fan and a baseball viewer, <laughs> he is soft again. What is with these comments? Like, don't you live for October and November? Like, isn't this part of what you're striving for? Don't you want the pressure? I don't understand. Is there an underlying like I'm with the you know Houston, and it's because of the other pressures that are coming from who they are at this point? Uh, that would be my follow up question if we were reporting this. You know what what is what is it more? What's the? I mean, I'm sure you can look up more of the quote and the connotation behind the quote, but I'm confused on why he would say that. It doesn't make sense to me. And if I'm a Met player or if I'm his teammate at this point. I'm 100% asking him, what the heck do you mean by that? Do you really want to play in October? Like, what, what, are, we, what are you striving for here? Um, I can see you reading, so I'm going to continue to talk. Um, let's see. Did you, I, go I'm ahead. not familiar with the quote that you're, uh, that you're saying here. Okay, go on Instagram. Go to uh, MLB Fox. Do you have it in front of you? Yeah. Why don't you just read it out loud? I just did read it to you. I right, wanted to play somewhere straight. without the pressure of baseball. All right. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Big time quote. Anyways, we'll continue because you're going to continue to look for it. But I'm looking it up. I don't, I don't think this is real. Uh, how about I just send it to you? Please do. All right. Please we're going to send it to you. Um... Now that you have an Instagram, please everybody go follow Gun Dog. I don't know what your thing is. What is your, what is your name on it? <coughs> there is not one. You, so you made one and then deleted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just trying to see the uh, Verlander news. Uh, I'm on. I'm on the uh, MLB Fox okay. Instagram page. I'm gonna screenshot this. There's no. Okay, let me send me let me send it to you. I think you got duped. Hold on. I think you got duped. Hold on. I'm sending it to you right now. And it's sent. Check your regular telephone. Okay, good. Okay. Regular telephone. To it. Anyways, we'll keep it rolling. Um, are there any other trade or anything else that you guys need from a team perspective? You didn't record. You clicked stop. <laughs> time out. We're going to time out again. <laughs> okay, we're back. That's a pause. We're on audio tape number three. We're live here, gun dog in the studio. Anyway, jump back into it. You were calling me out about a stat. Okay, this didn't get recorded, but really this was a test because at the bottom of the picture I sent you it says Justin Verlander did not say this after signing with the Mets. So happy that you caught that you caught that gun because that I was, that that I was did. test number one. You did good. You got you got the drinks flowing. So happy you're still sharp, sharp, sharp in the uh, what is it? The sharpest tool in the tool chest. 
uh, shed, I think is how it shed. goes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the, shed. the tool chest, I'm not sure exactly where that, where that came from. Um, but we got into the next topic, which is still the Mets. But what else are you guys looking for after paying a combined $86 million for Verlander and Scherzer? What else do you guys need? Well, it didn't take long. The uh, next thing that they went ahead and did was uh, another bottom-end starting pitcher picked up today, Jose Quintana, left-handed pitcher from the Cardinals uh, on a two-year deal. So just, again, reloading the starting pitching staff. Do you need more offense? Absolutely. <laughs> we got uh, uh, what we get three hit two hit or three hit by Joe Musgrove and the uh, wild card series. Yeah, we need offense. Yes, the Padres were kind of a fluke, but they were pitching really well. Those were some those were some big time starters. Um, what's your comment on this? So in twenty twenty three, right? So the next time we can hear, as of right now, the Mets have spent eighty six million with Verlander and Scherzer, so the two aces, and the Braves have, are at seventy four million. Uh, as of right now, with Acuna, Olsen, Riley, Albies, uh, Strider, uh, what's his name, Darn, Darno, and Harris. Yep. Out of those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys, three, if not four, of those guys will be all stars next year, and or two to three would probably be Hall of Famers at the end of their career. What's your thoughts on? Big market teams being able to spend more. Should there be a cap? Should be well. There's I think there is a cap right. now, right? Yep. There, um, there's a luxury tax. There's a Steve sh- Cohen tax because of the yeah. Vets. Should there be more of an equal playing field when it comes to markets and teams? I don't. I don't think so because uh, all you have to do is watch the last year's postseason, right? <laughs> yep, I mean, sure. it just upsets galore. I, I think. I think uh, again, you and I have this talk a lot. Um, I think baseball is in a great spot. You know, yep. I, I think there's parity. I think if you want to spend, awesome. You want to be the Tampa Bay Rays and not pay any money and just do it from you know Billy Bean style and draft picks, uh, small ball to death, awesome. Uh, right now, there, you you can have success in baseball in a lot of different ways because and you know a pro and con. If you're a traditionalist, I think it's because you you play 162 games. Right, you don't play 18, 19 games where every game counts. You can lose 40, 50 games, no big deal, right? I mean, if you if you lose 60 games, you win 100, you're amazing. So, that you get to tinker, you get to play, you get to adjust lineups, you get to adjust the way you play defense, you get to adjust the way that you pitch. Um, it's hard, I understand, on a national fan basis to to get people to buy in on that long of a season. But if you're like us and you love baseball. Uh, right now, Major League Baseball is in, in an excellent spot. Yeah, I agree. I think you touched on quite a bit of things. Um, the first part with your low market team still being able to make the playoffs, still being able to compete. Um, it brings an edge to the players where they have to kind of rely on the team aspect and not so much a single star. Um, even though I think it's fair to say that most teams in the MLB have one name guy that if you are a baseball fan of any type, can kind of throw them out, or at least, let's say, I would say probably 80% of the teams, I could probably name one big-time guy from each team. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that does that does bring edge and a sense of, like, competitiveness when it does come to, like, the year and things like that. Um, I think the mark, as far as market as the market of baseball as a whole 
has done a tremendous job of now with the new change of schedule, seeing guys play in every single team across the U.S. gives the opportunity to kind of have, you know, your everyday fan enjoy your favorite player that you might not have seen um, or a guy that you don't see very often now able to see multiple times as opposed to once every other year or just once a year. So, yeah, I agree. I think baseball's in a good spot. I think there's a lot of good guys in the MLB. There's a lot of stars. There's a lot of drama, per se. Um, I think with the uh, wild card situation, having more teams come in, I think that makes that's what baseball is. It's too hard to win on a, on a single game. makes it a little bit more fair on that side. Um, but, yeah, baseball baseball's in a good direction. Did you see the whole – I mean, the last biggest thing they changed, I think, that kind of went on the radar was the whole draft lottery did yeah, you see no, I was that? just pulling that up here on my computer because that, that's what I was going to hit on next is I, the counter argument to the way the game is right now is you had a lot of teams tanking. Correct. Right, you had teams that were, hey, let's just win 40 games and let's guarantee an early draft pick. And so I like that they implemented uh, the lottery. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates came out with the first uh, pick of the draft next year. You know, they went 62 and 100 last year. The Washington Nationals go 55 and 107 last year. They end up with the two pick. And so, right. you know, all, all of a sudden now you kind of disincentivize tanking uh, to a degree. I mean, Washington, again, they're going to end up in the kind of premier lottery spot at number two. Detroit Tigers fall in at three. Texas Rangers at four. Uh, you know, so Texas, again, a very interesting team. Paid a ton of money last year, and Corey Seager, um, Marcus yep. Simeon, uh, we just talked about it. They, they paid Jacob DeGrom. They uh, appear to continue to want to be spenders. Got a lot of money. And then they got the fourth pick in the draft next year. And so uh, an interesting team to watch as, as they move forward the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, here's here's another thought on, like, the draft. Yes, I think you're right. I think the tanking, this kind of eliminates the tanking. Um but I also think MLB is a little bit different where the competitiveness as a whole in organizations with AAA, AA, single A, rookie ball, it is so difficult to draft a guy and take him straight to the bigs and have him perform. It is so rare, so underappreciated, um, unless you understand, and I mean, to be honest, have played baseball where you understand how difficult it is. Um, the MLB draft, I don't think, has that much value. It's really the, the trades. It's the midseason um, those Mississippi trades, which I find similar to how the NFL works with the Rams winning last year. All they did was trade their, la- their draft picks away. Right. But look at the state they're in now, right? <laughs> We're not winning any games. We now have Baker Mayfield, which is <laughs> <laughs> unreal. I'm pretty pumped on it. I will <laughs> shout out my dad. He had a pretty funny comment on the NFL <laughs> Instagram story. I'll have to send that to you later. Um, but he's not happy with it. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's tough for me to argue that the draft pick has that much value. Right. Um, but I can see the taking aspect of it. Well, and, and again, this is me. This is what you guys don't do on this podcast. I, I acknowledge right here before I say it, I've got no research. I've no, I'm just my gut right here. Um, yeah, of course. That's what we, we, we love to go off instinct. Yeah. You just need to say that before you do it instead of, call it as objective fact but i think i think it's gotten better in recent history you know you used to have first round draft picks just like fizzle out in, in a ball you know i i think uh, we've gotten a little better in analytics in the game 
to where first-round draft pick is a little more valuable than it used to be. And I, and I will say this, too. Ultimately, and, th- and this is the Oklahoma City Thunder fan coming out of me because we're going to just we go. continue to cross-reference here. Yeah. The, the major um, value in, like, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, number one pick in the draft, yeah. right? there's trade value in that. Right? 100%. So, so now when you come into um, you know trade deadline, let's lump that into a deal for somebody. And, and yeah. I think that's what a lot of smart teams do is let's just either rack up trade picks or yep. you know draft picks uh, for trade assets later on. And then mm-hmm. when a once in a generational guy comes along, you know, like a uh, Adley Rushman catcher that was just can't miss, like a Bryce Harper that was a can't miss. Yep. Um, you know, Steven Strasburg. Everyone talked yep, about that Strasburg. guy for a long time, yep. number one, and then he ended up being basically what you expected that guy to be. Right. You know, th- those guys are going to come every couple of years, and right. then you're going to be salivating when you're holding the number one pick. Right. Oh, yeah, Cruz I agree. to be more relevant. I mean, that guy came up, and all of a sudden he's throwing across the diamond at 137 miles an hour. Yep. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think when you look at it from that perspective, yes, if you're trying to build an organization, a fan base, um, a dynasty starts from the bottom up, just like anything else. This is just breaking news right now. Just, just literally happened as we're talking. Xander Bogarts just got signed by the Padres. Damn. So, next question. Is Tatis done with the Padres, or is he going to stay in the outfield? No, he's not done. So you think he's going to run it out? I'm, when I say done, I mean like after where, this season. Where, where are you getting that's, this from? That's what I mean. This just broke on MLB Network. Dang, um, man. So he did an 11-year deal. Like it just happened six minutes ago. I was seeing that the uh, earlier in the yeah, day. Eleven I was, years. I was seeing the 280 Cubs million. were going to be in on him. I well, I want the Yankees were in on him too early this season. That was a big topic. Man, eleven years, two hundred eighty million. That's big. You know, that to me, huge. Bogarts. Uh, yeah, he played a lot of different positions. He played third base, but you got Machado sitting over there. Yeah, you're not doing that, and you're not going to stick him at second. No, you're going to put him at second. That's, that's a thing. A, yeah, Tatis. That's that's quite a scenario. To to me. That's that's a guy, uh, you know, almost like a hey, he's best available. You know, we want that bat. We'll find his glove a spot, whether it's shortstop when we move Tatis, mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, now with the universal DH, you kind of think, hey, let's just get every great bat we can. Yeah. And we'll give guys, you know, we'll give guys rest. You know, Bogarts will play thirty games at third base, play yeah. forty games at shortstop. He'll play ten at first if he has to we'll just yep. fill in the rest because there's going to be injuries that's i feel like that's kind of like for me as a yankee fan like a dj lemayhu guy right he's a guy that can kind of play a little bit of every single position at some point um but i also think this kind of runs the situation and this is kind of a topic i talked about with a few people at work who came in <laughs> a couple days ago um to me if you put tatis in the outfield with soto that's fine but I also think that Soto, just based off his last year's performance, is a little bit overrated from an offensive perspective. He had a great year with the Nationals. Is my, my question to you would be, is it just he's not comfortable in the environment? Yes, he showed up late in the playoffs, but clearly during the season he wasn't there as a guy. Do you think he adapts? Do you think he comes back with a bounce-back season? I mean, or do you think he put too much pressure on himself with Tatis being out? I think he adapts. I think he came over midseason, and, and you know, a lot of times you just don't recognize the human factor. I mean, yeah. l- literally, just hey, pick up, 
pick up your bags, you know, grab a new toothbrush and figure your life out when you fly across the country. You know, that's hard. And yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of times that's given enough credit. Be- probably because some guys go do it flawlessly. Yeah, and you don't even think about it. But you know, Francisco Lindor had the same thing his first year in the Mets. Yeah, he came over and really struggled, and he's getting booed yep. all the time. And we're going, hey, you just paid that guy ten years, uh, you know, mega millions to be mm-hmm. your starting shortstop face of the franchise, and yeah. then his second year last year, you know, he's he's a he's a stud. Putting yeah. up career numbers, so I think that's going to be Soto. I think you give him next year, let him adjust. You know, let him let him find an apartment that he likes. Let him let him vacuum his carpets. Uh, you know, yeah. and get comfortable, and, uh, and then all of a sudden he's going to be the same guy you always thought he'd be. Yeah, overall, I think that's if I were to grade that pickup for the Padres, I would I would definitely give it an A. Um, I I don't think by any means that anybody probably expected that to be honest right um because i don't even know if he was on the radar i know that judge even got offered offered by the padres his contract was at 400 million and he turned that down um but i think with soto being here uh obviously you're going to have tatis at some point next year after his he serves his suspension um you have a team that's built to get to the playoffs again and directly battle with the dodgers and you saw that last year um but I also think the Dodgers are playing it a little bit different this year when you talk about have they really done anything significant. I think they're taking it from a perspective of, of all right, let's sit on it, let's see what we have, and then let's make a, a move midseason because we have a team, we have a culture, we have the bond that we need to be successful. We've seen it last year. And then let's make big moves you know, midseason and see what we can pick up because I really don't think they need anything else, to be honest. I mean... Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't think you look at the Dodgers and go, "Hey, they got a whole bunch of spots they need to fill." You know, the Dodgers right. are going to be the Dodgers uh, year in and year out. And you know what I've heard a lot is that uh, teams are kind of keeping money in the bank this offseason because next offseason you got uh, Shohei Otani. You know, that's going to hit the market, mm-hmm. and and you're mm-hmm. going to want to make sure you know that guy's going to be able to just have his pick of suitors right and uh, the Dodgers are going to be front and center in that discussion I really hope New York Mets are right there with them yeah no I agree I think there's there's more things to come for sure um let's jump into obviously the biggest one now what's your I'm just going to throw it out there you know I'm a Yankee fan what are your thoughts on the judge signing so we can do that and then we'll do the biggest one um (laughs) Trey Turner 11 years uh 300 million going to the Phillies uh, the National League East is the best division in baseball. Over the AL East? Easily. Easily. Team-wise? Are you just talking talent or team-wise? It's, it's both. It goes hand-in-hand. Hand. I mean, you've got the Phillies that are just just loading up the arsenal over there. you got the Mets that are doing yeah. the same thing. you got the Braves, yep. who are stacked. They're hoping that Acuna being healthy, Albies being healthy, uh, get some back to but the world Dansby series. But does Dansby come back? The question would be: Does Dansby come back? I don't does that change the dynamic of the team? I don't. I really don't think that. I don't. I don't think so. He's a solid defensive guy, he, though. He really is. But uh, there's they got studs over there. You know, Michael yeah. Harris being a rookie, being a yeah. you know sophomore, maybe super stud. I uh, think they have one more year with that team, and then they're going to have to figure out who they're going to pay. Probably true. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But I, yeah, I would, the, the I mean, Trey Turner news was. Uh, that's a pretty big contract for uh, a guy like that. 
Yeah, I think Trey Turner definitely looked at. He's going. Did, after, he's going to. Sorry, go ahead. No, what did uh, what did Bogarts just get? He got eleven years. Uh, Two eighty. Uh, did he get less than Turner did? I just had it up, and I don't know where I had yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I think he got less than Turner. So Trey got eleven years. I think three hundred million. But it's isn't Trey younger than? I think so. I think so. He got uh, eleven years, two eighty. Yeah. So Xander Xander got eleven years, two eighty, and uh, Trey Turner got three hundred forty-two. Oh, Trey Turner rejected the Padres three hundred forty-two. Yeah. He got oh no, Cody, Cody he, he got eleven years, three hundred million. Three hundred million. So he got less than Bogarts. Bogarts did. Bogarts, you said got two eighty, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, sorry, Bogarts got two eighty. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, man, if you compare those guys back to back, I, I think I'm going to take Xander over Trey. Is I and I I might say that because Trey Turner has been overlooked on the Dodgers where Xander has been the guy for the Red Sox. Yeah. And you're also biased. You know, you watch Xander, Xander play, you know, many times a year. Uh, with Trey Turner, when he was at the nationals, I watched him play. Yeah. You know, 26, 20, what, 26, 36 times a year, basically. Yeah. Uh, Trey Turner to me, I, th- I think you pay that guy more sheerly. And I know I'm biased here, sheerly on speed. You know, that guy's going to just swipe bags left and right. That's fair. I think that's a caveat in the game right now. Yeah. Like, that's that's one thing that – that's just raw raw talent. You can't really teach speed. I mean, you can train it to an extent. There's a cap, but I think – Right. Um, I think you see it a lot more in the playoffs when guys are really pushing those first to thirds, really pushing a score on those singles that are going to be close. So, yeah, I think that's fair long down the road. I just For, don't know if that is – Go ahead. Uh, sorry. For what it's worth, Sander Bogart's 30 years old, Trey Turner 29. So you get an extra year there. Okay. I mean, that's let's call it. That's basically equal. Yep. Yeah. What, what are their, since you're getting the stats, what's their, you know, what, Xander was like an average, like 350, three, maybe a little too high there. I know he's in 300s. Career average? Career average, Xander Bogart's um, 292. So he hit, okay. three, he hit 307 last year. Turner is tight faster. Yeah, you got me on Turner. I don't know. All right, Trey Turner last year hits uh, 298. Last year he hit th- he's a 302 career guy. So, I mean, so ba- batting air basically guy. a wash. Gosh. <laughs> Xander, uh, well, Xander Bogarts, eight stolen bases last year. Trey Turner, 27 stolen bases last year. Okay, so that's Xander, your variable. What Xander about Bogarts, slugging percentage? 74 stolen bases. Slugging and RBI percentage is what I'm looking at next. This real quick. Xander Bogarts, stolen bases in his career, 74. Trey Turner, career, 230. Okay. Slugging. That's the biggest. Slugging. Career guys, slugging career. Xander's a 458 career slugging guy. Trey Turner, yeah. 487. 
Interesting. I yeah. did not know that. I, see, I don't think you watch Trey Turner play enough. Guy, no, I don't. I, that's, hit, in fairness, I don't. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that's even when he's on the Dodgers, though, too, I feel like he was under the limelight. He's a good player, but you get sucked into Freddie Freeman to um, what's his name in right field? Who am, how am I forgetting him? Um, oh, my goodness. I can't think of what his name is. I just Mookie Betts. Out. Mookie Betts. Um, you don't really see Turner, but I, I guess when you talk about stat to stat, yeah, like pay the guy. Um, we'll see how it pans out. See how it pans out. Um, okay, so let's move to the judge one. I'm sick of talking about other teams. Go for it. Go for it. I, let me, first uh, real quick, before Break. you dive into it, uh, mad props, because I was listening to last week's episode, and you just, uh, you know, I'm not going to divulge your sources here, because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of behind the curtain here. Uh, yep. But you mentioned your source. You mentioned that uh, next episode you're going to step on and say that the contract was a done deal. Yeah. Uh, and then in the past week, seven days, there's a lot of, you know, John Heyman's tweeting out that it's a done deal with the Giants. Yeah. Uh, Giants had him locked up. I was starting to doubt you and your source. And then, uh, you know, news breaks. You got it. You're the guy. I, w- I won't say who my source is, but there is definitely some uh – I will say I have some marketing media uh, inside sort, not directly that relates to the Yankees, but in MLB. So I'm not going to disclose who my source is. You might want to, uh, you know, ch- check around next time you see pictures of a uh, judge. Just, you know, check out the uh, emblem on his polo shirt. Might be an unofficial sponsor. It might not. You never know. I mean, I'd love to have him as an unofficial sponsor. I mean. Would I be sad that he would have came to San Diego and could have potentially sold him? Sure. You know, yeah, I would have been okay with that. Kind of see how it goes. But, yeah, I think he played it smart from the beginning. Shop the market. See what he can get. I think the final thing that I saw, I won't keep it us going too much longer, but the final thing that I saw that was interesting was obviously he turned down the uh, $400 million 10-year contract with the Padres. Um, and he took the 360 uh, for nine years. Um, there was a quote that came out, and then I'm going to have to find it because I know you're going to stat check me. Uh, but Cashman was, was some sort of conversation with him and Cashman and saying, if you can make it nine years, I'm in. So I don't know. The only other factor to that is obviously it's not the money, but it's the nostalgia of the Yankees. Is it the I'm going to be the captain, I'm a Yankee for life, there's a no-trade clause, I know you're throwing up the timeout sign. Let's let's hear it. I'm just throwing out questions here, so let's hear it. Okay, so what I was saying, what are your thoughts? I think I talked about Judge, him signing, him turning down the Padres, his conversation with Cashman about, um, you know, adding one more extra year to his contract, done deal, it was signed, him being a captain, Yankee for life, no trade clause. Give me a rundown. You know, as a uh, crosstown fan, you know, it kind of hurts to say, but uh, as a baseball fan, you're glad it happened, right? You don't, you don't necessarily see that loyalty happen in today's sports world. You see guys go chase bigger dollars, uh, yep. and it's really cool that Aaron Judge is going to be a guy that, hey, I'm setting franchise records, I'm setting American League records, uh, and I'm going to... Yep stay in pinstripes for life. I'm going to follow the steps of Derek Jeter. I'm going to follow the steps of the all-time greats. Uh, yeah. And he, he's got the chance. I mean, that guy that guy wins a World Series or two. 
Uh, he's going to be in the conversation if he keeps it up for a couple more years as, you know, top five Yankee ever. I mean, would you say, would he make the top 10 list of best player all time if he stays on this trend? Yeah, trend moving upward. He continues to play that he the way he is, and yeah, he he's not going to hit like elevate. 60, 70, 80 home runs. I'm just saying, yeah. like a yeah. consistent guy who's hitting like he hit last year, who's saving runs, who's healthy. Um, yeah, I was going to say player. he stays healthy, and at the end of the day, it has to come down to that guy's got to win multiple World Series. Yeah, I, I agree. I but it's so hard. The competitiveness, like we talked about earlier, of the MLB to win a World Series now is ridiculously hard. You see all these small market teams able to kind of put things together, and I guess that just shows the talent of guys and the level of guys in in the majors. Um, That is a very, very difficult task to do. You're not going to see an empire like it was in in the 90s. I was going to say that's that's always been the Yankees' calling card, right, Mm -hmm. is, you know, we're not necessarily the greatest individual athletes. We win championships, 27 of them. And so now you you got to think that he, he needs at least two, I think, to kind of be in that pantheon. Yeah, I agree. I think there's I think none of this matters. And I had this talk with some of the boys from here, but none of this matters unless they do win a World Series the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. They have, a, I would say, a two to three year window to win at least one. Um, and if that doesn't happen, it's. I think all hell is going to erupt. He's going to turn into a Mike Trout, unfortunately. He, he really might. He really might. I'm really excited in the next couple of years. You know, there's a potential. Like you said, it's always hard, but uh, there's really a potential for another Subway Series, and that would be exciting. Yeah, that would bring old school, your old fans back, um, the guys that have lost interest in the game based off the changes or right. you know how the playoffs are worked or whatever it is but I think that brings your roots back to back to baseball in general. You also always have just kind of uh increased viewership anytime you get some of the uh, blue bloods if you will. Uh you know we we talked about this with the last world series. You know when you get the Phillies and the Astros you kind of lose uh the coast a little bit. You know, you, you lost the West Coast fans. Uh, the Phillies, obviously, out there on the East Coast, but the Phillies aren't nearly a uh, large market team like, like right. the uh, Yankees, like the Red Sox. Right. Uh, so, yeah, if you if you were able to get the Mets and the Yankees again, I just feel like that's going to be a monumental uh, media coverage, you know, good for the game, World Series. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it'll be some good stuff. I think the last thing on him, obviously, he agreed to the to the nine year, three hundred sixty million deal. Um, that is the third largest contract by total value in MLB history. Forty million average annual value, so that's the highest among position players. Second uh, would be Mike Trout, uh, and then also the biggest thing that they kind of talked about too is the full no trade clause, which to me is not even relevant in any sports, <laughs> professional sports, NBA, NFL. Uh, the no trade clause, I don't know from a lawyer perspective, you can also touch on this, is irrelevant and can be broken at any point because there always is a subclause underneath that that I feel like <laughs> says, yeah, we'll make something happen for you. Unless, unless I want to. Yeah, no, no trade yeah. unless I want to. Exactly. No, the, and, and that's uh, it's very astute. The, it, it, it comes out a lot in contract law, which, which is what I do for background of people not listening, but they're listening now. Um, 
it really is bargaining power. You know, a lot of times you can take the uh, four corners of the document and rip it up. You know, Aaron Judge has the potential, you know, if we just play it out and you've seen it with other athletes, uh, you've seen it in other sports, he could say, okay, fine, you're not going to trade me. You know, it's nowhere in this document I have to give you 110%. Right. I don't even have to give you 75%. You know, hey, my hamstring's tweaked. You know, you want to pay me all this money to stand out in right field and not try hard? Fine, let's do it. And, and, and if you want to go to battle like that, the athlete's going to win all day long. Everybody knows it happened with, uh, you know, you, you just name your athlete. It, it, it happens all the time. And um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that uh, it's probably to his credit, but Mike Trout has never really been in that position. You know, we're, we're watching one of the, you know, Mount Rushmore baseball players of our generation and probably of all time, not even our generation, uh, just wilt away out there in the outfield yep. in Anaheim. I mean, it's just a travesty to the game that that guy didn't get to go play in multiple postseason series. And I really hope he gets out of, uh, I hope he gets out of the angels fast. Yeah. I don't see the angels making any huge moves to make any significant playoff run to even be in contention for the playoffs. It could happen, but I think they're at the lower end of that just based off how last season kind of came out. I mean, they were right. pretty much done by right after the All-Star break. They had no shot. So, um, yeah. Anything else for tonight, Gunn? Do we, do we cover everything that you, you would like to be covered? You got any, uh, you know, like Mike likes to say, your goofy, trendy gadgets or anything to bring up? Yeah, I actually do have one. So this new thing out, not with golf, but it is, you might like this. It's basically like a Peloton, but for basketball. Mm. So it's a, the backboard is like a TV screen. Okay. And it's like, like a normal basketball hoop, normal dimensions, normal size. And there's cameras that track your shot and your monitors, your makes, your misses, your swishes. Um, how, did, how, did, how did Peloton come into your mind Where, where's the peloton connection um so like on a treadmill while you shoot Is it yeah so like, like peloton can man? like track those similar things like you can do different workouts you can do different workouts on peloton like the screen has it and it tracks like if you're doing push-ups like it'll track that okay. like if you're doing okay. weights like it gives you like a weight workout but this is the same similar concept um so you can play games on it how many you're gonna make in a row all right interesting to me because i feel like this technology isn't new I feel like the NBA kind of uses this. <laughs> so the quirky gadget isn't really quirky. And it would be extremely expensive because ain't nobody in the home going to be owning this <laughs> to play on unless you're, I don't know, famous and have millions of dollars to spend. This is a good I have no gadget. Idea. This is good. This is a terrible gadget. This is the worst gadget I've come up with so far. But it seemed pretty cool. But that's my gadget of the day. And it's I like called it. uh, Boardroom. Well, it's off a of Boardroom. Uh, $4,000 smart hoop. That's what it is. Okay. So you can That's do the reasonable. research. I'll put it in the office. It'll, it'll be yeah. nice. Whenever Perfect. I'm bored, I'll shoot. I'm going to throw one last golf question out. So we're going to end this with a golf question. I was going to say, you need a, uh, Instagram question or post for your followers. We dominated it in, uh, baseball talk, I think, but yeah, pull it back to golf. We did, we did dominate. So the question that I'm going to be, that's going to be for us is the average carry distance. So what's your average carry distance right now? Would you say off with the driver? Yeah, no clue. 
Double. <laughs> okay, I've seen you play. I would say you probably carry between 240 and 250. Thanks, buddy. Carry distance. So the average, I'm being generous, I feel like. PGA Tour average carry distance, the highest. You know what? I think we talked about this. Oh, no, 20 hours ago. Yeah, this is right. So the highest carry distance is 319. The shortest is 352. And the average is 280. Do you think, here's the question. Say that again. Uh, Give the stats back because I think you said the shortest and then the number was bigger. Sorry, 252 is the shortest. 280 is the average. 319 is the longest. 252 shortest. 280 is the average. 319 is the longest. You said I could carry it 240 to 250? Yeah. You put me in the shortest of actual professional golfers. <laughs> put this in perspective, Gunnar. I can... I don't, that's pretty good. You're not a yeah, golfer. Like, I know you're That's sweet. what I'm saying. There's no way I'm close to that. I don't hit it anywhere near That's pros. because you have... No, that but you're that's carry distance. It's not total distance. Yeah. Carry distance. I think you, yeah. I think you could carry. You're I'm good. Fine. I'm talking like your good drives. I'm Take fine. out the slices to the right. Okay. Anyways, um, question would be, what do you think the average? What do you think the average carry distances are for your amateur golfer? So a golfer like you. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I guess I kind of disclosed yeah, something. Yeah, you did. This is a bad question. You already said the answer. But I feel like you're an above-average golfer because you've played baseball, so you kind of have the swing, club at speed, kind of all lines up. I think uh, a lot of times um, it's embarrassing to say, so people don't say it. Average golfer does not hit the ball 200 yards. Gary. (laughs) It's no, it's not. You're lying if you say you do, especially like if you take your average driver swing. Yeah, I, I think I, on average... Probably hit the driver 195. Yep. That's fair. So you're saying the on average, would, so this is average, so 195 would be your average. Yeah. I'm, 200 yeah. Average would be. Average golfers is uh, below 200. Okay, so 220 would be, let's say 220 would be the longest. Yeah. 220, 230, longest. And the shortest would be like 175. Sure. One, I'll say that. Okay. All right. Um, I'll post that on the on the. It's Instagram. not a bad question. Over under two hundred. Over under two hundred. Okay, I'll write that down. Oh, speaking of that, hit me. I have I forgot I wrote, I forgot I wrote a couple other questions down. Um, you got a really nice setup, by the way. You got nice headphones, nice mic. So, offer up is all I'm gonna say. Do you uh, work from home a lot? T. No, no, never work from home. <laughs> so you just bought this just for the podcast? Dedicated. This is just for the podcast. Dang. A little. This is a borrowed mic stand from the father. These are uh, headphones. Offer up. The only thing I actually bought was the microphone. So okay. Mic stand from the wooden nickel. Shout out wooden mic nickel. St- wooden nickel. The computer is actually my sister's. It's not even my computer. Dang. You got <laughs> so some shout outs to give, man. Yeah, I appreciate the, appreciate the love. <laughs> you know, love and support comes from all directions. Is the wooden um, nickel still uh, playing gigs? They still gay? Uh, you know, COVID really messed things up. People mm-hmm. are a little weird about live bands. Moved to more of the digital right. era. Uh, but we'll, we'll see the wooden echo at some point. What's the uh, what's the COVID stuff like out in San Diego right now? You still masked Irrelevant. up? Okay. No, nobody's nobody does any of that. Yeah. Uh, if you're this curious, last qu- Oklahoma City, same thing. It just if you were wondering, was never even started. So yeah, correct. Okay. Anyways, 
Last question before we close out. Hit me. When you talk about your phone, your telephone, your, your cell phone, is it, did you lose coverage? <coughs> I listened or, to the podcast. I heard this okay. already. I know, but what's your thoughts? I want to know what your thoughts are. I, I couldn't agree signal? more with Michael Hernandez. Wow. Just take his take from the last <laughs> podcast, copy and paste onto this one. Right, if you say you lost on. coverage, like we're in a blackout, like towers are falling down, like there's no more coverage. I, I say signal. <laughs> and really, okay. I, I'm a, I'm, I'd go old school because I probably haven't had this problem since I was, uh, I don't know, high school. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be like, hey, I don't have any bars. Any bars? bars. You you remember those days? I've never said that. Three, four bars on your phone in in signal level, and then you're like, no signal, no signal. I only have one bar. I guess I have said that. Yeah. I only say that when I have less than normal. Not like, oh, I have five bars. Well, yeah. You don't. No one ever talks about how great of service they're having. Do you say you have like, oh, I'm on 5G or I'm on 3G right now? No, I don't. And Mike said LTE sh- or whatever. Like, yeah, oh, I fuck <laughs> No idea. <laughs> um, here's one more take that I wrote down. This is about baseball again. Sorry, guys. This is a baseball field podcast tonight. Um, here, So with Swanson, I think he could potentially leave the Braves, but I think he could potentially fit in with the Dodgers because of his relationship with Freddie Freeman. Yeah, and they got a uh, shortstop gap right now. That's a very Correct. good call. It's a very good so call. that is one, and I don't think anybody has talked about it on MLB Network. I, I haven't, I haven't heard that series. either. No, no I, I think that if is, that happens, you you quote your source again for sure. The, no, this is just straight from my mouth. This is just okay. me and my brain thinking. I have no other source on this one, but I just think I thought I thought we were pretending that you had sources like we're no, I only have to, one. Well, you only don't have one. even have one, so you're just kind of you're whispering, and we can still hear you at full volume. I'm going to turn this up, it's folks. A, it's a joke because. Everyone knows you don't have any sources. No, I had a I have a source. Okay. This one. Anyways, we'll move on to from that. But uh, no, for real, that's that's my real thought on that last last thing. I think that's a very high possibility. But I also think Freeman kind of has a bad taste in his mouth the way he got traded still. He does. That's a real thing. That it it, it got a lot of airplay. Uh, but you know, his agents basically didn't say that he had an offer on the table from the Braves. Uh, to me, you know, kind of being in the contract negotiation world, I bet the offer from the Braves was like drastically low, you know, it almost offensive to bring it to Freddie. And so it came out later, right, when Freddie makes his first bit visit back to Atlanta that, hey, yeah. we gave you an offer. Uh, and Freddie goes, I didn't know about it. Yeah. Uh, but if it was any, if it was real, if you could take it serious, he would have known. You know, yeah. I'm sure they just said, "Hey, here's a, like a qualifying offer or something like that." And yeah, no, no, thank you. So Avery, you playing golf? This, you playing golf this next week? Well, I'm supposed to play Sunday potentially, but it's actually going to rain here. It's like an 80 percent chance it's going to rain, and I already booked around. I'm supposed to play with my boss, and I don't think it's going to happen because it's going to freaking rain. So okay. I'm pretty pissed off about that. Are you going to play any golf, Gun Dog? You know, I might. I might try and make it out. Uh, the weather in Oklahoma changes every eight hours so i just you know keep my eyes on it and if you touch the if you touch the uh, the golf club between now and next wednesday you can potentially be on the podcast again i'll let you know i'll go grab it i'll take some swings i do uh you know it's kind of uh, inside baseball here don't let this out you know 
confidentiality agreements between us and all the listeners, but uh, whenever I'm on those boring conference calls in the middle of the day, I'm putting in my office. I'm practicing. I got a uh, set of clubs sitting in the office. You know, I'm practicing my little 56 degree stroke. Can't take full swings in there, but you know, I, 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 like get, I get some golf practice in. Hey, you you make the money chipping and putting, so that's, that's right. A, that's, that's right. It's good practice. Good Try practice. for show, putt for dough, baby. Any other plans for you this weekend? Man, it's a busy weekend. We got uh, we got the firm Christmas party. Um, I got a buddy's thirtieth birthday today. It was uh, Rocky Joyce's seventeenth birthday? Shout out Rocky Shout Joyce. Shout out to Rock, big Rock. I, sent, I shot him a text, so I'm happy. Nice, about that. very nice, very nice. Uh, I'll be driving to Tulsa on Sunday. Um, yeah, busy weekend. What you got? Uh, nothing really. Just potentially golf on Sunday, and then we do have Ashley's christmas with her family on sunday too as well so we're doing like a little uh playing left or right i think that's what it's called is that is a game hmm. i don't remember what it's called exactly i think it's left or right um and then they're doing like a wide elephant gifted change so i guess yeah. i like that i like the games yeah you going to mass on sunday yeah 100 percent. we're going to Good. mass on sunday that's right after we play golf okay yeah <laughs> no, go before <laughs> No, it's too early before. We hey, tomorrow for six. real! Shout out, uh, shout out Catholicism. Tomorrow is a uh, holy day of obligation, so all Catholics have to go to mass tomorrow. So if you're listening and you're Catholic, okay. it's going to come out late. So if you didn't go, feel bad about so yourself. So December eighth. No, we could potentially get this out in the morning. Okay, there you go. I'll have to do go some today. It all depends go on you. Today. It all depends on you. <laughs> what do I do? It's in. You got to send me the the, the MP3 files. Right, my bad. When, All right, when guys. am I going to see you again? You flying out um, here? Might come to you. Make it fly out. I think you should come here. We can play some golf here. Logistic, like realistically. January? Um, are we doing January the uh, Are we doing the golf trip? Yeah, we can do the golf trip. I mean, I'm now January? I'm thinking it's more going to be February than anything else. All right. January's jam-packed already, man. February works. Let me know. Let me know. I'll fly uh, out. That might work for Mike, too. So maybe we can get Mike out here. And we can just That's do right. a podcast all three together. Let's do it. That could, Let's do, Let's it. do it. Sign us up. Um, all right, we'll take us out today. Thanks, Gunn. I really appreciate you filling in for Mike. I know Mike was really sick. I'm sure he'll appreciate it too as well. Um, did a fantastic job. I think we were definitely lost the golf aspect. We had some good conversation about what's really relevant right, right now in the sports That's industry, right. and that is baseball. So uh, I want to thank our unofficial sponsors. I know you get upset about this. YouTube TV, unofficial <laughs> sponsor. Uh, Travis Matthew, our unofficial sponsor. OGO, Jack Wolfskin, and Top Golf. Um, and we out. For what it's worth, Gunner Joyce not affiliated with the unofficial sponsor shout outs. <laughs> All right, see you guys next week, guys. <laughs>